We're gonna begin a series today um, in this prayer and fasting season for the next three weeks. And if I had to like sum up what we're doing for the next three weeks, we are talking about God's heart for people and God wanting to give his heart for people to his people, all right? So God's heart for people, how much he loves people, and God's desire to give his heart for people to his people. Does that make sense? So we're gonna be in Luke chapter 15 today, all right? So if you have a Bible, you have a phone, turn to Luke 15. We're gonna read verses one through seven. If you don't have a Bible, we've got blue Bibles on all the communion tables. You can grab one from there. That's on page 510 if you're using one of our blue Bibles. All right, page 510. And while you're turning there, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just talk about something. I'm gonna ask you a question and tell you a little story, all right? So uh, Luke 15, um, and then, oh, I'm not even turned there. There we go. Um, we're, read verses one through seven. But before I dig in there, have you ever been with a group of people in like a large function, maybe like Bonnaroo or at Six Flags or Disney World or something like that? And you're just with, is Six Flags cool? Hold on, is Six Flags not cool anymore? Six Flags is cool, right? If you ever been to Six Flags, you know what I'm saying? The theme park, it's cool, right? Yeah, yeah, The stupid commercial, da, 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 you know what I'm talking about? So if, you, if you've ever been in a function like that with a lot of people, have you ever like gotten distracted for a second and then looked up and you didn't know where your squad went? Isn't that feeling kind of like terrible? Like if you're like me, like I start getting sweaty palms immediately, like where's my group of friends? Where did they go? Do they even miss me? Do they care? How am I gonna find them? Like, I just feel insecure. I'm immediately like, I'm lonely and I don't know if anyone cares anymore. Like, I'm just by myself in this place. What comes to my mind is I think about like the classic kid in the grocery store moment. You know what I'm talking about? Like, you're walking with your parents, the Easy Mac is right there and it's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, just jetline to the thing. And then you look up and you're like, where is mom and dad? Like, more than ever, I need the people that have raised me and nurtured me to this moment. And all I see are these, like, towering adults. And when you're that, like, small size, like, Kroger is like the mall of America. Every aisle is like its own city. And you're like, this is not good. I've really done it, right? And you didn't do it maliciously. Like, you weren't rebelling. You didn't, like, walk into Kroger and be like, Mom and Dad, this is where our journey ends, all right? I have to go on my own journey to craft cheese, Godspeed, right? Like, that didn't happen, right? You weren't like, I'm tired of this. I don't trust your leadership in my life. Like, that happened. Simply put, you took your eyes off of the people that let you feel safe and sound and at home while you were in the grocery store and you just found yourself lost for a second, right? And that moment of panic kind of sets in. And today we're gonna read a story. And it's gonna be a story about a shepherd and some sheep. And we're gonna just dig into what is God's heart for the person that looks up one day and goes, how did I get here? How do I get back? Where are you, God? How does this all work? I'm a little disoriented right now. I think this story is gonna be really powerful. So I'm gonna read Luke 15, one through seven, and I'll pray. We'll go from there. All right, now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to hear him, and the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, I just realized the word grumbled just now. I wonder what they sounded like grumbling, saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. This is Jesus talking. In a response, what man of you, uh, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents and over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Let's pray. Father, just thank you for 
just a beautiful day. And man, we just, we, I, I love sunshine. Thank you so much for it. God, thank you for the space. I just think about all the different stories that are represented here. And somehow, some way, over the years, they found themselves in Nashville. And on this morning, they found themselves in here. And I, I just don't think that's an accident. God, I believe that you have something for each of us. Lord, we need ears to hear. Holy Spirit, just in the name of Jesus, I just ask, will you give us ears to hear? God, this whole morning, you've just made me so aware of the things that our church needs we cannot manufacture, that the hearts that we need to walk in, we can't conjure them up ourselves. We need the Holy Spirit to break us and, and to bring us life in ways that we couldn't bring it in our own, in our own might, in our own strength. And so I just pray, God, would you just do a work on a soul level that, that only you can do this morning? I ask that, God, helpless on my own. We ask that, helpless on our own, but trusting that you are the helper, that you mediate on our behalf, Jesus, and that you will come through, that you will be our strength, that you will, you will renew our hearts in ways that we could never do. So yeah, give us ears to hear, give us soft hearts. I just ask you, God, just to break our hearts today in, in just the best of ways. Uh, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so as we dig into this story, we're gonna break it up into like three parts, all right? Uh, the wandering sheep, all right? That's, that's like chapter one, all right? I'm gonna break it up into chapters, apparently. Chapter two would be the shepherd, and then chapter three would be the 99, all right? So the wandering sheep, the shepherd, and then the 99, all right? Let's talk a little bit about what it looked like to be the wandering sheep. I wanna think about it from the perspective of this lost sheep, all right? So I don't believe that this story depicts um, any kind of uh, image that like the sheep just had this moment of rebellion or distrust of the shepherd or the flock it was with, right? I don't get the sense that the sheep was like, I don't trust the green pastures this shepherd is supposedly leading us to. I'm gonna go on my own, right? I don't think that's what happens. I think in fact, when first century hearers would have listened to this parable that Jesus was telling, they never would have thought anything about the sheep, right? They would have known this wasn't malicious, it wasn't on purpose. How do I know that, you ask? Thank you for asking. I went to sheep101.com this week. That is a real website. It could be .org, it could be .com, Google it. You wanna learn about sheep? I know a great small deal about sheep now, all right? <laughs> sheep 101, all right? So here's what I know about sheep. Here's what I learned. They instinctively follow the sheep in front of them. That's their instinct, all right? They do a lot of like little glances for predators. We're good, all right, lock, lock with the sheep ahead of them, all right? That little cotton ball, okay? They do that, they follow the sheep in front of them. They instinctively stay together, all right? Sheep are not like adventurers. They're not trying to find their own path like many of us. They wanna stay in groups, okay? When a sheep somehow gets alone, isolated by itself, its response is agitation, highly agitated, Foreign territory, doesn't want it, not looking for it, okay? So when first century hearers would have heard this, they would have known this is not so much a story about rebellion, but about wondering. And that could be for any, any number of reasons, right? It could just be ignorance, distraction, whatever. Somehow this sheep took the eyes off of the flock and the shepherd leading it and found itself alone. It's, it's much like the kid in the grocery store, like, like, how did I get here? I don't know, this was all an accident. Please, God, help me get found in aisle six. You know what I mean? So, and I, I think that all of us, you know, this is a parable, right? Jesus is telling this story to help us relate to it on our level. And I think that all of us go, you know, I relate to that. I remember a season of my life where I thought I was somewhere and then some amount of time passed and I looked up and I was like, how, wait, 
How, like wipe of the eyes, how did I get here? Like what happened? I had all these goals. I was like walking with God. I was close. I was feeling good. I felt good about my life, vision, dreams. By 2026, I was gonna have this, this, and this. Like it was all working. And then all of a sudden, somehow this like distance got created. I just looked up and it happened. I didn't mean for it to happen. Maybe I was a little sinful. Maybe I was a little something, but somehow I got here. You know, there are seasons in our life where because of like the rebellion of our heart, because we just can kind of love darkness, you know, like we drift from the Lord. But I genuinely believe that this story is not tapping into that as much. I think this story is going, hey, have you ever been in a place where you meant to be somewhere and then over some sort of amount of time, maybe 10 days, 10 years, whatever it was, you looked up and you weren't where you wanted to be. And you kind of looked up and went, how do I get back? I think about my life, you know, when I came to Belmont University, BU, what's up? Any Belmont people? Yeah, we don't do anything that I just did. We don't really have school spirit, but I'm just trying to like make it happen. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's go. Let's get it started right now. We now have school spirit. Belmont, till I die, all right. So uh, I was going to Belmont. I was a Christian leadership major. And so, you know, I I had left uh, kind of a small town in Mayfield, Kentucky, and I had had a past experience with like substances, I love them. Like that's just kind of part of my testimony, like alcohol, drugs, whatever it is, I was just down for it. And so I was kind of came to Nashville on a clean slate. He was like, no, I'm a Christian leadership major. I'm gonna try to like, just like follow the Lord, whatever. But I get placed in like this sophomore dorm as a freshman. I have no idea why that happened. I trust Belmont, but I don't know why they did that part. And I'm like new and I'm like feeling like nervous. And the, like one of the first things my dorm mates ask, not where you're from, what are you into? Like, what do you like? What's your major? It was like, hey, I got drugs. You, are you trying to do this? And I was like, absolutely. Yes, I am. I'm trying to do that. That sounds amazing. Because I was nervous and weird. That was a hard heart moment, right? A dark heart moment. But that was such a pivotal point. Like, I came to college, eyes up, like, let's do good. Like, let's not, let's not like go back to your old ways. And all of a sudden, and I looked up like five months later, my dorm mate, my dorm room, room eight, I don't know how to say what I just said, but my roommate had moved out. My sweet mates had moved out. So I have two bedrooms and a bathroom all to myself. Some of you go, you lucky. But for me, I was like so lonely. And God in that moment went, look where you are. You came to Belmont, like you wanted me. You wanted to lead people. You wanted to teach people in the ways of like my ways. You wanted to help people know me. And now all of a sudden you're in a dorm room all alone going, how in the world did I get here? And I know there was some rebellion in that. But then part of me went, I didn't mean to. Like I've had seasons where I like intentionally was like, no, God, no, I don't want it. It's not fun. It's boring. I'm out. I'm doing my own thing. But in this season, I looked up and went, God, it's my fault. I didn't mean, I'm so sorry. How did this happen? Have you ever had a moment like that? Where you're like, no, I know my heart stinks. I know I made bad decisions, but God, I promise I didn't mean to. And I was just in my dorm room just crying. Like I didn't hear a worship song. No one preached a sermon. I'm just in the Death, the dead silence of my room, just like, God, how did I get here? Have you ever had a moment like that? Maybe you haven't. It's just me, but like, let this story encourage you, okay? Or not, it probably isn't very encouraging. But anyway, so I was talking to a friend just this week and he was like, man, I remember like six months ago, I felt so close to God. But dude, I'm just gonna let you know, like my casual drinking thing that I thought I had down pat has turned into not so casual. And all of a sudden I find myself kind of like losing control like pretty often and I don't feel close to God anymore. And as he was speaking, he wasn't saying like, man, I don't care about God. I don't want this stuff. He was going, no, I care about God. How did I get here? I have friends that are are married and and one of the spouses found themselves in an emotional affair and it just started as an innocent friendship. But there was friction in the marriage and then that friendship got closer and all of a sudden they found themselves having feelings here and they're like, wait, what have I, like what is going on right now? 
Like what happened? I did not get married and go, hey, in five years, emotional affair right around then, that'll work, right? That never happens like that. It was this like gradual distance. And I know that those first three examples are like super dramatic. So maybe a more like the low key one. You ever been in a season where like you're praying and you're reading and it's like almost cheesy how much you look forward to time with God. Like, like at nighttime, you're like, man, Lord, I miss you. I miss you. Like, what is going on? Like, speak to me. I'm, I'm, man, I'm just confessing sin. I'm worshiping. He's giving me dreams. It's all going good. And then you kind of miss out on that two or three days in a row. And that two or three days turns to six months. And six months later, you're like, why do we read the Bible again? Like what? That Second Kings makes like negative 10% sense. Like I don't even understand what's going on in the word. How do we pray other than when we're praying before the meal? Like what does it mean to walk in friendship? Who was I back then? And how in the world do I get back to that person, right? I think this parable is tapping into that person. Going like, hey, you may have been rebellious a little bit, you may have had some darkness that you had to do. Like you may have committed some sins. You may have done some things that weren't great. But for the most part, you just kind of looked up and went, how did I get here? And how do I get back? Have you ever felt that before? Lord, how do I actually legitimately get back? And that's where the sheep finds itself. But now I wanna pivot and look at the shepherd, all right? Chapter two, let's look at the shepherd for a little bit. I want you to notice some things. Let me make sure I'm good at my notes. I need to flip it. I want you to notice some things about the shepherd, okay? First of all, the shepherd has like apparently 100 sheep, all right? Just 100, clean, 100, just clean cut. That's how many sheep he's got, all right? And he looks at his 99, and if he's anything like me, he goes one, two, three, like, yeah, that's right. That's about it, right? That's not what happens with this shepherd. The shepherd looks at the flock and goes, I am missing one. One is missing right now, all right? And then he doesn't like form a committee and go, hey, my, my helpers, hey, come here. You come here, you two, this is the sheep I'm missing. This is about what size it is. This is about the height. This is what he goes by, the name. All right, you'll find him. Call him out, he should come to you, right? That's not what happens. The shepherd goes, did no one think, I thought that scenario was kind of humorous, but it wasn't. It was not. I was wrong. And you've rebuked me with your silence. Thank you. I needed that. We need Christian confrontation like that. All right. So no, the shepherd notices sheep is gone, doesn't send anyone else. Shepherd puts it on his own shoulders to go and find. And it just keeps getting insane because the shepherd finds the sheep and he doesn't go to the sheep and go, let's go. Come on, come back. I got you. Follow me, right? He doesn't come with a staff, like tight grip, like a baseball bat. Like you're about to learn the gravity of the mistake you've made leaving me to where I had to go and walk. No telling how far to find you. No, it says he picks him up, puts it on his shoulders, right? There's no awkward silence. He goes back and he begins rejoicing. He starts telling people. Now, if I'm one of the people getting told, do I really care that my boy found his sheep? I don't know. But it says in the story that the guy says, I found the sheep and everybody's rejoicing. It's like the sheep, there's not even any semblance of like this sheep being in trouble or like getting learned a lesson, like being taught a lesson right now or being learned a lesson. Like there's no semblance of that. It's just the sheep was found. This is amazing news. I want you to know something. If you're here today, and you go, hey, that wonderer bit that you were talking about, that's me. I feel that. I don't know how to get back with God. I'm just kind of here hoping that something good happens. Like I'm just kind of hoping that I accidentally trip and fall on the grace of God. You have done that. Let me tell you about God, our shepherd, what he does with you, oh wanderer, who can't, see, can't crawl their way back to the presence of God. Here's how God responds. Jesus tells the story, goes, this is what your heavenly father does. One, when the whole family's here and all you picture is everyone else that's here, they're reading and they're praying, they're staying close with God and no one knows the stuff I'm hiding in my heart. God knows. 
okay? He sees you. He is 100% aware. He does not look at his family that's around the table and go, one, two, three, four, I think that's everybody. No, he goes, no, I know who is not here. And he doesn't select a committee. He doesn't appoint someone else. He goes, no, I, I'm going to find them. Do you know how intentional Jesus getting on the cross was? Do you know how on purpose it was that Jesus took on flesh? That was the most on purpose thing that has ever happened. When Jesus said, John 3, 16, I so love the world that God sent his only son, whoever believes in me will have everlasting life. That's on purpose. When God notices his kids missing, God does something about it. And he puts it on his own shoulders to go and do something about it. So he goes and he finds, and I love this because he doesn't just find you in this place of wondering. He doesn't just find you and go, do you see what you did? Do you know the links I had to cover to find you? You know everyone else is over there, right? Like, you know that this is your fault, right? No, he doesn't just, he, doesn't just, he picks you up. He doesn't say walk back like you make up for this. He picks you up, puts you on his shoulders. And there's not some like awkward silence that I would imagine. Like if my parents found me in a grocery store and I had been bad, whenever they came and grabbed my hand, I'd be so nervous. Like if your dad ever did this, like the awkward silence, you're walking back and you're like, at some point, he's gonna start talking. And I got a good feeling it's not gonna be great for me. Like I just got a good feeling this silence is not like a sweet thing right now, right? That's not how God operates. And my dad, good, good dad, he loved me. So my, that's not how God operates. When he picks the sheep up, right? When he picks you up, puts them on his shoulders, he is whistling, he's singing Hillsong, or singing some kind of worship to himself or something. He's happy, all right? And when God comes back, I want you to picture heaven. I want you to picture how perfect heaven is, how heaven does not need anything else to happen for heaven to be better. It's perfect. And it says that all of heaven, when they hear the news that you've been found, that you've been picked up, that God has carried you back into the kingdom of God, all of heaven rejoices. The Super Bowl, just microscopic, incomparable to what heaven does when you're found. If you're here today and you go, I've done X, Y, and Z. God, I don't know how to make it up for you. I'm prodigal son mentality. I'll come back a slave. You don't have to call me son. God goes, no, one, stop trying to walk back. I'm picking you up. And stop trying to talk me into something. I'm rejoicing. And I'm not just rejoicing on my own. I'm telling all of heaven and heaven rejoices. And this is too good to be true, but you're gonna have to break down every logical part of your mind with this scenario because there's no other relationship that oper oper <clears throat> operates this way. I always was going to say operates, all right? I just couldn't get there. There's no other relationship you have that works this way. You're closest of relationships. If you do just one little thing too much, you got to earn trust back. Let me tell you this. With God, all you got to do is sit there and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for I was lost. Now I'm found. There is no levels to this. When you are in, you are all the way in. You're as in as Abraham, as Moses, as Esther, as Mother Mary, as Paul, as you're in. Right off the bat, when God finds you, oh wanderer, you are in the fold. All you have to do is say, thank you, just pick me up. And when I was thinking about what it must look like for a shepherd to pick up a sheep by its legs and put them over his shoulder, I would imagine that that sheep would be like, hold up, what's happening? You know what I mean? Like, like legs, like, okay, like I guess I'm not in control anymore. And if you ever tried to pick up a, like a puppy that's not used to being picked up, you know how they get all squirmy? And I like, saw that in my head and I was like, what is that? Why, why is God like putting this in my mind? And I think it's because so often when I hear about the grace of God, I'm like, that sounds great. But here's the seven reasons that cannot be true. <laughs> like, 
here's the three things I'll fix. Like, that's the prodigal moment. Like, I'm a slave. Like, it's cool. I'm not a son anymore. I'm just your servant. That's how it works, right? That's like that squirmy. But I think, squirmy. I think for us today, I'm like, let God just wash that truth over your hearts and minds. He will pick you up. He will heal you. He will bring you into the fold once and for all, no questions asked. You just have to say thank you. Call on his name. Thank you, Lord. Like, I belong. That's for you today. If, if you're here today and you go, man, I feel distant. I feel like I'm a wanderer. Will you hear this word and know that God is near? He is in. If you are in, God is in. Like he's already there if you'd be willing. And if you hear that, listen to the Holy Spirit knocking on your heart saying, hey, I'm talking to you. I am not talking to them. I'm talking to you. Well, I'm talking to them too, but I'm really talking to you too. Listen to the Holy Spirit if you're the one. And we all, there are people, you are here today. Some of you go, I'm not the wanderer, but I've been the wanderer. And right now, the story that God did in my life is sticking out to me. And I want you to know there is power in that testimony. Some of you, you're not wandering, you're walking with the Lord, but today he's reminding you, hey, remember where you came from. Remember where I found you. And remember that some people haven't finished that story yet. Some people are still in the wanderer phase. And that's where I wanna transition to chapter three, the 99. What does it look like to be the 99? To be here going, man, I love Jesus. I'm following Jesus. I'm after it. Let's get it going. I'm in house church. I'm wanting to pray for the city. I've been fasting. Let's go. Like, what does it mean for us in this story? What does it mean for the 99? I think first, I think something I didn't say at the nine, but I'm feeling on my heart. Like, may we be a people that our hearts break for those in the wanderer phase of their life. They go, right now, I'm just the kid in the grocery store and my parents haven't found me yet and I'm circling the aisles and I'm not sure it's ever gonna work out. <laughs> I'm not sure this is ever gonna settle down. This anxious feeling of being lost, of not having a belonging, of not feeling like I'm seen or known. I don't even know if God notices. Like, would we be a place that prays and intercedes? First Timothy 2.1, pray, intercede on behalf of all people. May this be a place of prayer. There's something I wanted to say, but I'm forgetting it. Hold on. I'm just being transparent, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. There was a story that stuck out to me. I was talking uh, with Dave over the weekend. Uh, he was talking about, if you remember those kids in Thailand um, that got uh, that stuck in the cave? You guys know what I'm talking about? That, like, national, it was a big story. You probably all know. And uh, there's this flash flood. It was all just, like, insane, right? I think, like, six different countries participated, and, like, millions of dollars were spent all to, to save the kids. And because of our day and time, opinions are very easy to access. And so there were a lot of opinions about this story, especially when the kids were found and rescued. I believe at least one rescuer like died trying to rescue them. And there were a lot of opinions. Um, you had two main ones though. Uh, some people were celebrating, like this is great news. These people that were trapped, they're found. That's, a, that's, a, that's amazing news. And then some people critiqued it. Like, wait, how much did this cost? Who was leading this? Whose fault was this? What had to happen? How many resources? Someone died? Like, you know what I mean? And I think to fall on the side of critiquing that situation, I don't know if it's possible that you could have ever been in a situation yourself where you were lost and had to be found by someone else's accord. Like, you could have never done it yourself. And I was like, man, I think to critique that story, you could never have been lost yourself. You must have always been in a found position to not like you have your heart break and then rejoice when they were found. I think for us, I'm just feeling on this burden on, on my heart for our church. 
when people come through the doors, because when the people of God join together and pray and fast, God will answer prayers. We are gonna have wanderers come through our doors. And much like a sheep that gets lost along the way and comes back a little muddy, maybe some thorns and like bush stuff in the like cottony hair, whatever like else, like people are gonna come in here and they're not gonna be like crisp and clean. They're not gonna be like heavily church people. They're not gonna speak our language. Like they're not, it's just gonna happen. May we be a people that rejoice and celebrate any time a wanderer comes home into the family of God. I just wanna prepare our hearts. May we be a people that don't just say hello and welcome people in, but we befriend them. Hey, movie, Friday night, we're going. Some other example, like bowling or uh, not bowling. That's, well, bowling's fun. Some other example, I'm doing this thing with my friends. Come in, be a part of this. Be a part of my house church. Come grab lunch, like be in. If you are a follower of God, we need to be praying, God, will you give us hearts that are open to the wonders that come into the fold? And let's not do the Sunday morning, hey, how are you? Good, great, okay, we'll talk to you never, all right? Like, let's be the people that go, let's build friendship. Let's anticipate God is sending people into the fold. May we be a place of warm, welcoming, deep, authentic friendship. I just wanna invite our church to posture our hearts getting ready for what's going to come. Because I believe God is gonna keep sending us people. And it's not the preacher or the worship leader that's gonna like, it, it, we'll do our part to shape their experience, but it's us. We are co-laborers. We are co-ministers, and we be a people that are prepared for outsiders to become insiders the minute they walk through the door. I was talking to Trevor about like, I forget sometimes in Dawei, I was like, I forget sometimes what it's like to just walk into a building where everyone's doing something and everyone knows what they're doing. And just so we're aware, some people walk in and they don't know that. Like they don't just walk in going, oh, I bet it's some guy's gonna welcome us in. We're probably gonna shake some hands do a little singing, a little preaching, a little communion. That's how this works. Some people go in and go, I do not know. Like IDK, all caps, what's about to happen? It is on us to be the like warmest of welcomes to those people. So I just wanna put it on your hearts. Have eyes as you come here on Sundays. If you go, man, I love Jesus, I'm following him. Then I want you to pray today for eyes for the wanderer that comes in our doors. They don't have to ask questions. They don't have to figure it out on their own. But they got plenty of people that are coming up and saying, hey, I'm Joshua, what's up? What's your story? Where are you from? Hey, come sit with me. Be a part of this. Does that make sense? So as we go to communion, just two simple invitations here. If you're here today and you go, I'm the wanderer. I feel the gap. I don't know how to close the gap. You do not have to. God will do that. I wanna invite you today to just call out to Jesus. Call out to God. Say, thank you. Show me, God, what do you want? What's my next step? How do I just come back with you? God, how do I let you pick me up and carry me back? Like, how does this work? If you want prayer on any of that, you can come find me. Sarah Sullivan will be in the back. We'll have some staffers in the back. If you wanna come pray about this, please. If you wanna pray with the people you came with, please do that. And then secondly, if you go, man, I, I've been found, I'm gonna invite you to do something kind of vulnerable. You can always not do it, um, but if you're willing. We're gonna dismiss in a couple seconds. We're gonna go give communion. And I wanna invite you to circle up in groups of three to five, like move the chairs, get sloppy, all right? It's your living room. Just, just make it what you need to make it. It won't be nice and neat. It'll be loud, all right? groups of three to five, and I want you to take 30 seconds each to share, here's a time where I was lost and God found me. Like it happened. Like I was legitimately lost. I don't know how I got there. I got there and God like found me. And just take 30 seconds or less just to testify of the goodness of God. And then together in your group of three to five, I want you to pray. 
and begin praying and interceding on behalf of the wonders in our city, wonders in our church, people that feel this distance, and they need to know that God is looking for them, that God has found them, that God is bringing them back. Does that make sense? So circle up in groups of three to five, just a couple seconds, all right, and share a time where you were found, and then pray together, pray for the wondering in our city. We need the Holy Spirit to break our hearts in ways that only the Holy Spirit can break our hearts. Do we realize that? That's what we need. We don't need like some like function. Like we need the Holy Spirit just to work. And so just invite the Holy Spirit in. So I'm gonna pray. We'll go grab communion and uh, yeah, we'll do our thing. So God, thank you. In Jesus' name, um, we just anoint this time. The Holy Spirit, will you just lead us in this conversation? Amen.